0: Sean Lukasik, and you're listening to Secrets in Service, nonprofit stories from the Southern Finger Lakes. We'd like to thank our primary sponsor, Arbor Housing and Development, for all of their support to make this podcast possible. This is a project of the Corning Area Chamber of Commerce, and specifically the Nonprofit Roundtable, a program by the chamber and for its nonprofit members. The music is recorded and provided by the Orchestra of the Southern Finger Lakes. And we thank them so much for providing that for us as well. In this episode, we talk with Susan Bull. She's the president and CEO of our primary sponsor, Arbor Housing and Development. Susan's been with the organization for several years. Uh, She took over as CEO back near the end of 2021 uh, during a pandemic, of course, and, and some of the other changes that the organization has been going through over the past couple of years. We talk about some of those changes. We talk about where the organization is going in the future. We talk about Susan's vision for the organization um, and uh, everything that's happened in its 50-year history here in our community. So I'm excited now to share with you my conversation with Susan Bull. It's nice to talk with you today, and I I want to thank you directly and Arbor Housing and Development for sponsoring this whole project. Um, you know, we say that in the in the intro um, and on the website. So appreciate your sponsorship to make this possible.
1: Well, thank you. It's it's our pleasure too to have a hand in bringing bringing the community together in ways that we don't always have directly the ability to in our mission. So this is a fun way to support that effort. So thank you.
0: Yeah. Well, and speaking of, about your mission, I the first question that I've been um, asking in some of the prior episodes and, and again today is that, um, you know, your mission is very specific um, and kind of tries to be all-encompassing with, you know, what you do in the community and around the region and where you position this organization. Um, and if you're accomplishing that perfectly as an organization, um, how do you envision that? what changes in this community or what happens as a result of accomplishing your mission here at Arbor Development?
1: It's a great question. So really for us to see our mission come to life, you know, our mission is rooted in um, we want to help people create independence and having the choice of their housing so we also um, as we help them build that independence people in the community should be able to find housing opportunities that meet their desired um, way of living so if it's a single family if it's a single person they want to rent if they want to buy uh, people should be able to do that regardless of income or any other factor that might be a traditional hardship in having access to housing. So in a perfect world, and we see our mission moving, is that all people have access to choice in how they want to live, and they know where to find those resources, which um, we're not the only provider of those resources, but we're definitely a a large hub Mm -hmm. of that and are able to also refer out to other sources in the community. So it would be a great networking
0: opportunity. Yeah, and one of the things that strikes me about what you do as an organization is um, that always heading towards that goal, I think, helps people feel comfortable, and it's amazing how powerful that is when someone is just simply comfortable yes. in the place they live.
1: Yes, absolutely. And yeah. And, and, well, I was going to say every, yeah. every challenge that any individual faces. I mean, all of all of us who feel like we have the resources that we need, we're blessed with those resources, we still go through challenging times. Mm-hmm. So you take any challenge, and if that's compounded by instable housing, unstable housing, what how does that feel? Mm-hmm. What does that do? Um, and then that hits on all those other indicators of health and the, the social networks. And um, so when people are lacking those pieces housing really needs to be that first piece because you can't even think about how to heal your body if you don't have a safe place to go home to. Um, so it's just a critical component of, of the success of individuals who make up the community. And sometimes we don't always make that connection to Mm -hmm. why housing matters in, in the whole community's, um, vision of success.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, Arbor is a pretty large organization, especially as nonprofits go. And so um, there are a lot of different things related to housing and home security that uh, that you're doing. Can you talk about maybe some of those fringe efforts, like whether it's, uh, and I say fringe just, you know, from that central, like physically building housing for people, which is a big piece of what you do. But um, you know, there's domestic violence shelters, um, there's beautification projects, and things that seem peripheral to that central piece of the mission.
1: Absolutely. Um, it's one of the things I love about Arbor is we have so many different lines of um, you know, pathways to really help and support people. Um, so building the housing is great. Having domestic violence services that are sheltered and unsheltered, So that uh, to to meet someone in a most critical time of crisis and help them stabilize and then find success, um, we're we're thrilled to be able to do that. Um, Being able to provide different subsidies for people who are, um, you know, their only obstacle to housing is just an affordability element. Um, That's a great thing through our um, Housing Choice Voucher, the Section 8 program. Um, but one of the things I really love is, you know, we have this home ownership department that, that it, it's a lot of the fringe that you're talking about, um, and a lot of people don't know we do it. So we, we help people get prepared to purchase housing. So there's home ca- there's credit counseling, there's renters counseling, home ownership counseling. Um, we can package in and close mortgages through um, different programs that, um, that the federal government allows us to do with, with people who earn certain levels of income. Um, So there's so many different pieces of it. Um, And then we have some great programs around um, people who choose to age in place, but maybe their house is just getting away from them and it's hard to keep up with all of the repairs. We have pathways to repair for the sole purpose of keeping people um, in their homes so they can continue to choose to stay in their home rather than have to leave. Um, So there's There's a lot on the periphery. Mm -hmm. It all does come together. What I love about it is it continues to offer choice, and it allows people to um, make their own decisions in in what they um, can do with their homes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about the organizations, then we talk about the the people Mm -hmm. um, behind them. And uh, so in this case, I'm kind of curious for you specifically, Susan, how you ended up and why you're doing the work that you're doing,
1: right? Well, that's a great question too. <laughs> um, it's funny because I think most people kind of stumble their way into nonprofit work. Um, I have yet to meet any of uh, any of my colleagues that have said, "I knew in, in high school or grade school you're I right. wanted to be a nonprofit <laughs> administrator." <laughs> yeah. Most of us don't, um, but we end up here because we. We find um, those happy accidents that lead us to, gosh, I love serving people. Mm-hmm. And for me specifically, maybe midway through my career, there was some clarity that I started to gain around what governance is in a nonprofit organization mm-hmm. and how governance and understanding that connects to the people doing the work to serve the community who who are the recipients of those services. And somehow that loop got connected for me and I really fell in love with that and just got on fire for wanting to do that well and also had lived through some experiences of where it didn't go well. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I contributed to that and sometimes I tried to help resolve that, but it was a learning process. And um, it really did just fuel my desire for um, governance, administration, And also developing people. Because it is about, you can't serve people without taking really good care of people who are serving. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just um, something I really love to watch and be a part of. And I think it's because I had some predecessors that helped teach me how important I was in that role. Um, But it was through their leadership that that opened my eyes to it.
0: Yeah, it's funny when you were talking about... um just experiencing some of that for yourself. Uh, I was, I'm i reading a book now where the author said that her parents grew up um, with a lot of ups and downs, and she felt like it was a result of them being entrepreneurial-minded, uh, but um, ha- having the heart to serve. Yeah. And sometimes those things seem like they're in contrast with each other. It's mm-hmm. like you're trying to keep an organization Going and successful and, and financially stable, right. but also knowing that you just want to provide help for everyone who needs it. And um, yeah. and so, you know, without having gone through some of those ups and downs yourself, it's hard to understand how to run an organization like this. So, and, and you're doing it phenomenally well from, from an outsider's yeah. perspective.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. And I, I think that that is where, yeah, when you want to help everyone <laughs> yeah. um, and then you have the constraints of, you know, contractual obligations. Um, it's probably one of the biggest misnomers of nonprofits. I, I think that, you know, if you're outside of the work, it's easy to put the label of the organization to say, well, Arbor does this or mm-hmm. United Way does that or whoever does whatever. Um, but really, you know, it, our role here is, is stewardship. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we hold insecure that funding that, you know, the, the public dollars and making sure that we're responsible, we're good stewards, but then having to explain and have really good ability to connect with people, we're meeting your needs the way the only way that we've been told we can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that can be a little frustrating um, because there's that vision of, well, if you really wanted to meet all of my needs, then you could do this or you could do that. And that's where it gets really important for the, the referral process and making sure people know, no, we see you as the whole. You know, mm-hmm. Our funding might support just this. But let's talk about those other needs and how can we connect you. Um, and that's the beauty of nonprofit. But that's also why it's so mysterious yeah, in, yeah. in every community, in um, every nonprofit, I think feels like the best kept secret because it's hard to figure out who who does all those different pieces.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And as someone, you know, who's relatively new as the the CEO of this organization, how do you balance Um, those incoming needs? And, and for example, you know, understanding what the community needs, but also respecting and understanding what the organization has done traditionally. Like, how do you, how do you decide where to go from here and trying to meet those needs of the community?
1: That's a great question too. And, you know, my first thought is you, we have to stay focused on what we know Mm -hmm. we're good at. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the, the sort of trap of wanting to do everything, um, recognizing that if we try to do everything, we're, we're not going to be great at anything. Yeah. So looking at what elements do does our mission support and really require us to, to be strong. Um, so anything housing related to create that stability. Um, so we have some pretty fixed lines of you know contractual um, relationships that we've had for many years. HCV being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the home ownership, but if we look at like last year when the uh, the floods impacted the southern part of Steuben County mm-hmm. or the the west southwestern part, w- we were able to come together with the community and other community players um, who approached us to join in with them to say, you know that those communities need some help. So because of the relationships that we had year after year for very specific service delivery. We were able to say, here's a new community need. It impacts people's safe and accessible housing. Can we, you know, modify some of that business line and some of those dollars to help support the real critical need now? Because it was almost insulting to say, Well, we can do some, we'll build you a ramp. Mm-hmm,
0: right. <laughs> I
1: don't need a ramp, my house just floated off you right. know six inches from the foundation. So we were able to then, you know, have those conversations. But it really is about that relationship and having the history of providing good, solid services without branching out to try to do other things that don't that don't align mm-hmm. with with what we can do through that housing line.
0: Okay, yeah, and I, I mean, so this this whole podcast is a project of the nonprofit roundtable through right. the um, Corning Area Chamber of Commerce, and that roundtable is kind of designed to make sure that other nonprofits are connected with. One another and kind of know about you know what's going on. So um, I guess obviously being a, a supporter of that project and uh, and a part of it, um, how valuable is it to kind of know and understand what other nonprofits are doing throughout this region? Because you do sound obviously extremely focused on housing and and your mission. And in order to stay focused on that, I wonder if it helps to kind of know what other people are doing across the community.
1: Absolutely. And I, you know, I think um I know we're tired of these words, but I think the silver lining that mm-hmm. came from from our pandemic and and two years of doing things in a slightly different way, um you know, networking has always been important. Relationships within the community have always been important, mm-hmm. but it's now more than ever because resources have changed and there is a difference. And the workforce has changed, and the capacity of people to serve and mm-hmm. have that energy to serve—all of that's changed so much that if we don't know what's going on with other um, stakeholders in the community, we have we have key stakeholders who uh, support our work through either networking or funding or um, just help you know connect. We've got great connectors in this community. Yeah. Um, Without that happening, we just we can't we don't have the capacity to do it on our own because of all of the daily kind of grind of making sure that we're we're doing um, serving people through our traditional business hours. So I think that that um, having those connections, knowing the resources, again, each organization really cares about the individual as a whole. Mm-hmm. So I think that we work together in that way. Um, and support each other's work and support each other's mission, because we all have to have that kind of focused expertise yeah, on yeah. whatever our our missions are designed to do. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a worthy investment of time to make sure that we are really um, maintaining relationships and keeping track of what's out there and who's who's doing what.
0: Yeah. yeah. And in terms of your own relationships, who's been um, a mentor to you or who you know who's helped you, in your opinion, get to where you are in at this point in your career?
1: Um, you know, it's it's funny because I, I think about that a lot. <laughs> I have a <laughs> yeah. lot of drive time. Um,
0: and I'm sure there are a lot of answers. I mean, like there many are, people.
1: There are a lot of answers, but what I will say about this community, so i've I've worked in you know different different counties, different communities. Um, corning is one that I started out in 2012 in a different, um, you know, I was working in the, the childcare um,
0: uh-huh.
1: field. But w- this community is so rich with resources for leadership mm-hmm. and leaders who really are concerned about all of all of the people living in this community. So if you work, live, and play here, um, it's just it's so strong with, with that network. So I have to say, of course, uh, my predecessor Jeff Eaton, yeah. who you know was here for 20 years. I worked with him for two years. We became very close before he retired. Um, you know, the joke was, "You're not going." Uh, you know, we're holding on. <laughs> yeah. You know, but he he did go. Um, but he he had such a gift for preparing and and working with individual strengths. Um, he did incredible things to create a legacy in 20 years. Um, so I learned a lot from him uh, before he retired. I watch and I admire um, people like Chris Sharkey. How, mm-hmm. do you, how do you not watch and admire? Just have you know, hold her in the highest regard. Um, to to just know how she she knows the needs of community, mm-hmm. and she has a way of uh, communicating, informing, knowing who's doing what. Um, and I appreciate how she supports and acts as a champion for all organizations. Mm-hmm. And she's very committed to. Uh, the differences and the nuances of of all the different uh, leaders who are out there doing doing things for their their organizations, um, and you know my uh, Judy Rowe, yeah, <laughs> she has is probably carrying that role of mentor um, so much right now because she's worked with us a lot in the past, but we, we've sort of evolved into. Uh, she holds no punches Mm -hmm. (laughs) she will will challenge you to be your best without telling you how to do that but challenge you how to be your best um, and recognize how to push and when to push um, but appreciate again she can appreciate the whole person Um, so she challenges me to be my best but also make sure I'm not losing sight of recognizing all of the strengths in, in everyone else
0: yeah yeah um, yeah, that's great. And I think, I mean, I certainly feel similarly about the people that you mentioned and just being um, great role models for so many different people um, across the region. Yeah, I think we all have a lot to learn from the three of them, for sure. Yes,
1: yes. And it really is a blessing to be able to come to the table with um yeah strong leaders in this community and there are times when you know you contribute and there are times when you just sit and you listen (laughs) you take it all in and make a lot of mental notes um and but again that partnership is fantastic
0: yeah yeah so now that things are i hesitate to say opening up again uh or i guess just changing again because it feels like we've been going through these like Ups and downs of dealing with COVID, and not sure: Are we coming out of this? Are we kind of, you know, hiding away again? And right. and um, how does that affect the organization and your work moving forward? Is it is it as tumultuous as it feels on the outside for a lot of us, or do you feel like um, do you feel like you can kind of soar over it a little bit now that we've dealt with some of the ups and downs, and and you're, you've had a chance to feel out like what that does yeah. to the organization
1: yeah you know it's interesting if we look at the the last two years so in 2020 when we all got prepared for this thing mm-hmm. that we, we didn't really know much about and, and no one could really decide should we be scared should we not should we panic should we not we put so much time and effort into preparing for something that we sort of didn't know <laughs> yeah. what what we yeah. were going to receive and we sustained that for for about a good solid year and then we had this absolute flip where we started executing some of those plans because we finally had to but that's where i think the people resources started to drain down yeah so i feel like what we're looking at now and if we almost look at this i'm calling it the year of coming out of the pandemic mm-hmm. rather than the third year of the pandemic yeah we're coming out <laughs> i like that <laughs> so we're going to end it this year and as we come out um really honoring that where people are that people are tired. Mm-hmm. You know, we we've proven that we can adapt, we've proven we can be flexible, we've proven we can do things in so many different ways, which are incredibly valuable. So I think the task at hand is to keep that honor each individual and make sure that everything that we committed to along the way with being equitable and making sure people have access to choice and making sure people have the resources they need to work in a way that allows them to perform mm-hmm. and produce and serve our client base, that we don't change that or put some hard stops on that. Um, you know, within the last few weeks, we're starting to see a new new crisis around when are the gas prices coming down? Mm-hmm. So for me, looking at, okay, those gas prices mean less meals in people's mouth for people that work here, yep. never mind people we're serving. Yeah. Um, that concerns me. So we're going to embrace some of those changes that we implemented with the last crisis mm-hmm. and make sure people still understand you have choice. You, you know, We want to make sure that you have your needs met, <laughs> that yeah. you're able to eat, you're able to care for your children and your families. Um, so I think it's really made us, we, we've proven our ability to be resilient, but I think we're just faster to adapt, and we're not going to second-guess ourselves when we think if it's new is it okay yeah well we're not going to waste too much time there we're going to make sure is it effective is it ethical <laughs> is it right. aligned with our mission then if it meets the needs of people we're just going to embrace that um, and that's going to have to be the road that we continue to travel on mm-hmm. um, because it's the only way to get our services delivered 100 mm-hmm. percent out to the community
0: well i mean i feel like that's a good uh positive note to end the conversation <laughs> on um, because I think that's a philosophy that you know a lot of organizations could benefit from from hearing and adopting in the ways that it makes sense to them sure. um, and even even individuals as well. Yes. Um, so uh, you know it feels like Arbor's in great hands now um, and uh, I've enjoyed working with you and Thank chatting you. with you today so thanks so much for your time and again for sponsoring this project.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: And thank you for listening to Secrets in Service, nonprofit stories from the Southern Finger Lakes. Once again, I want to thank Arbor Housing and Development for sponsoring this project uh, and for the Corning Area Chamber of Commerce and its nonprofit roundtable for making it possible. And for all of the nonprofits who have Contributed to making this entire project possible. You'll be hearing from so many of them as we continue to release episodes each month. Music has been provided by the Orchestra of the Southern Finger Lakes, and you can download future episodes of this podcast at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. And you can absolutely check out our website. If you want to learn more about this organization or any of the future organizations that we chat with, check out secretsinservice.org.